Hello, we're the Three Little Birds and in today's podcast we'll be discussing how to support our friends and family members with autism in crisis. So just to introduce ourselves, my name is Nuffy. And my name is Andy. And today we've got a guest with us and her name is Jane. And Jane's going to... (laughs) Hello Jane, nice to have you. Uh, Jane is going to discuss various topics on how this lockdown has impacted both herself and her daughter Olivia. Olivia is 11 years old and she has autism and she's recently been diagnosed with this during the pandemic. Uh, We're going to be discussing the process of getting a diagnosis. Um, It turns out that for some reason girls tend to be diagnosed later in life compared to boys. The subject of um, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus as well and um, how it's been for both Jane as a mother and for the daughter Olivia and how they've coped with all these changes. Um, and we're going to look at some coping strategies and leave with a little bit of advice from Jane to other parents out there who might be struggling with similar kinds of issues. Yeah, um, we do know that uh, due to isolation and leisure activities being limited, most people's mental health has suffered but uh, what, is, what is often overlooked, and we we'll hope to address this, is that those with additional needs are also affected and how their mental health is as well. Because um, people with autism um, are four times more likely to have anxiety, um, have anxiety and two times more likely to have depression than the general public. And uh, anxiety can be triggered by a number of factors, such as changes to the routine, new situations and confusing information which the coronavirus has ticked all all of those boxes so um just to start off then here's jane i'm going to quickly cut in here and interrupt myself to let you know that this podcast was initially recorded via a zoom meeting with jane and has been split up into three parts this is the first part obviously and the second and third parts are available on threelittlebirds.org.uk you can also keep up with the charity on Instagram at Three Little Birds Charity UK and Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Three Little Birds with a Z and a one at the end. But for now, I'll let you listen to the rest of the podcast. Hi, Jane. How are you? And how's Olivia? Hi. I'm well, thank you. Uh, and Olivia is as well. Thank you. That's good. And how, how's, it be, uh, how's it been for you guys during the lockdown? Um, are you guys coping? Um, yeah i mean to start with um when we first went into lockdown um olivia remained at school um because where i my role and and the industry that i'm in we are key workers uh so for a while uh the first sort of week um but then as more and more cases of of teachers and and people sort of started to to come up um the schools started streamlining and um the academy that it's part of um they started sort of moving where her school place was going to be so that caused a little bit of an issue um we took the decision at work uh, for the managers to work from home um and take out any staff that didn't need to be there which obviously limited um the social distancing and the ones that couldn't do their work from home remained in the office so that actually that fell at the right time because um, the the school where Olivia was at, she was at primary school then um, in year six, Mm. her school uh, setting was about to close. So she'd have had to go to one of the others, which would have obviously been a a huge change for her. So it actually worked quite well. Yeah. Um, So 
to start with, you know, it, there was anxiety because it, it, was, an, it was the unknown. Um, yeah. But Olivia always feels safe at home. Um, so for being here um, and obviously having me with her, um, as much as I'm the one she vents at, yeah. I'm also what she would deem as her, as her safe place. So she got that. So whilst everything in the world was, was going crazy and, and sort of nobody knew, you know, what we were going to be facing um, back in March, for her, it was actually quite nice because she was in her safe environment where she feels mm -hmm. that safety, even though the rest of it was unknown. Yeah. Um, she'd got that sort of comfort blanket, if you like. So it's like the best place to be in these times. Uh, is with... For her, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Um, and of course the school were great. Um, they sent us regular work. Mm -hmm. uh, so she okay. constantly got all her lessons, which was, which made it easier for me to be fair because obviously I was trying to work from home and yeah. Olivia needed structure as well. Mm. So uh, they gave us work all the time. We got it over the weekend, ready for the week ahead. Uh, and, you know, she'd, she'd still um, have her break like she would at school. Yeah. She'd still want to have her dinner time like oh, she would at school. So for her, yeah. she treated it like it was that school setting. So yeah. she did, um, you know, obviously she, she wasn't. That's right, yeah, yeah. And, she, and she enjoyed that because she knew where she was. Uh, and we even had the spelling test on a Friday morning like oh, she used to do at school. So, yeah. we, you know, we kept that um, continuity and it was easier, I think, to keep her on task because I was sat doing my work at my laptop so she could see mm. that I was working um, and it, it, it kept that yeah. uh, routine for her. Oh, when we came to the school holidays, that's when it became a little bit more... Because of course she couldn't uh, in in the summer holidays we couldn't go out the same as we would yeah. normally do. Um, mm. It wasn't the um, the clubs that she liked to go to mm. in the holidays that you know dancing club and things like that. The, the normal what she would do mm. uh, they weren't there. So that's when we had a little bit of a a wobble, but yeah. um, it but, was it was towards the back end and we'd already sort of had four months in lockdown so she kind of got used to that yeah that sort of uh, those changes and of course lockdown was the biggest change um for everybody um particularly those Absolutely. with autism as well the change in routine um the changes to what you can do what you can't do um but and and of course that affected the social clubs there as well that you could attend and, and you couldn't attend. Um, so just just a bit of background on Olivia then. Um, I was meant to ask you about um, what's she like, what, how old is she, um, you know, those little things. She's 11. Mm -hmm. um, she was 11 in May, so she's had a lockdown, uh, a birthday in lockdown. Yeah. Um, but she actually said it was the best birthday she'd had. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know if it's because normally it's quite loud and it's crazy and as much as she enjoys that, mm. it was nice. She still got the, the picnic tea, but, um, you know, she she didn't have that hustle and bustle and I think the hassle of going to somewhere, it was at home and mm. I think that's what she liked. Um, so, yeah, so she turned 11 in May. Um, she's just started uh, senior school. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she didn't start when everybody else did um, because we had an appeal in and this was um, the school that we the schools we'd visited which would suit Olivia's needs. Um, they 
we didn't get that place so we had to appeal because of lockdown the appeal didn't happen um so of course come september mm. um as a mother even with a child without autism i would not have wanted to start a child in september mm. with the potential of them moving them within a month because oh, no. that would be fair on any child mm. um yeah. you know so i was in touch with them and said you know with the council and the government and said look we've got this and they said that's fine so i continued to school her at home for that month i was able to still work from home okay um so that that fit for a while um yeah. and luckily we were able to get the place we wanted so she's she now she started a month behind everybody else so she's now into the school she's settled yeah. in well um yeah. i've had some really good reports back um from the senko you know she's uh, she's she's slotted in well yeah uh everybody else um so what else about olivia she's um she's very direct can you um talk a little bit more about what kind of support you're looking to get from school like what is a good placement for olivia because you see the thing is for olivia she also i mean i I should have probably gone through this to start with olivia had a rare form of cancer when she was a baby um she's fine now touchwood she's in remission um so you know she's 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 had quite a a brunt of things from the offset so mm-hmm. for me school setting everything has always been you know sort of a key issue but she had uh, she's got a visual impairment she was left it was the cancer was in her eyes um and as a result of it she had chemotherapy but unfortunately one of her one of her eyes didn't have vision in um and she lost that and she has an artificial eye now um which is fine she copes with that okay you know i've always sort of been very upfront and honest with her and we've sort of embraced it and and dealt with it yeah um so for me i was already very on it in terms of what i needed from a school um you know in terms of a visual impairment because you know because she's only got vision in one eye she has no depth perception so there's a whole array of things which is why um you know it's important that i am as involved with the the senkos that's that's there so you know we went around a few of the schools and olivia had a massive input because it had to feel right for her as well and and i think if you don't let your child sort of go along you know if you just sort of because you might want the the best result place but it might not necessarily be the right place for the child and especially if they don't feel that um you know they don't feel settled there so um for me the send department um is a huge huge um and obviously the child to be if there's certain areas that the school is particularly uh strong in um mm. i mean some senior schools have you know are, are quite good for like uh maths and science say or yeah so especially uh olivia maths and science are her big she sort really of loves, loves she loves yeah those, yeah, yeah she oh. yeah and i think it's that black and white mm. um with things um that that sort of fits with her um so for me the school she's in has a very good reputation for that but it also has it's a fully inclusive school and it has a very good sense support um you know so but but sen absolutely would be uh you know i went to a few schools and uh sometimes the sen would they would kind of separate um 
the children you know there'd be an area they could go if they needed to but and it you one of the schools was quite a, a dismal kind of area and i thought well you know you, as much as you want them to be included that's not included that's kind of like separating yeah. and, and sticking a yeah. a label yeah. on your head if you like that's true, um, yeah. mm. you know so yeah so the the sen and and just the thing is as a mother or a father you know you you feel you know yeah um the the child is the best person to and you know like i say olivia is very direct so she would more than um tell me if it was right or not no that's that's really good i mean you say as well that olivia just recently got diagnosed during the lockdown period when was that what month was that uh august august okay august um, end of july point? beginning of august okay all right okay and how how did that process begin um did you always know that olivia had autism do you know it's funny and it, it, it's because of olivia's visual impairment mm. there would be a my i have a friend who um her son's in his 20s now mm. and i've been around him since he was very very young yeah. um so and he has Asperger's and ADHD okay so I you know I, I kind of know um the process mm. uh how things happen etc and um you know there's little bits and pieces Olivia used to do as mm. a as a little girl um you know sometimes she'd you know line my friend's cushions up okay. uh, and you know in a specific and it was every time we went and she'd go in her uh front living room because we used to sit in like the dining room area and have a coffee mm-hmm. and chat and olivia would have a toys and then she'd say go watch the telly so she'd yeah. put the telly on for her and it was every time and, and my friend used to say do you know i don't know if she just does it to wind me up or <laughs> if if you know if it's something um mm-hmm. and it was her son who who had the the autism right. um and i said you know I said, I think she just does it more to wind you up now. And it wasn't really anything. Mm. Um, but then she'd, sometimes she'd turn in circles, you know, she'd just walk round and round and round, which is the vestibular, which is that unwinding. Uh, I know much more about that now, later years. Yeah. Um, but that was it really. And because of the visual impairment mm-hmm. um, and because she's got no depth perception, everything's two dimensional to it, to go into a crowded mm. area, can be quite threatening for her because all of a sudden she can't judge who's near and who's far but also being in that crowded in your face type thing is an autistic trait as well so a lot of the and same with balance um again that's an autistic trait but again for olivia with no visual impairment she didn't ride a bike until this year um because again she didn't know where the bottom was but also it's another autistic so there was lots of little things where i would notice things mm-hmm. and then i'd think but it could be to do with so i kind of like yeah. you know and so a lot of the symptoms kind of had an overlap with yeah. that's right yeah that and you could put down to the visual impairment that's it um you know and um the first school Olivia was at, the, the primary school she was at, I kept her there. She, she had a lot of problem with the girls and friendships there, but there were a very small cohort of girls in her year group. Um, whereas sometimes if there's bigger groups, you kind of separate off and have your own little oh, sort yeah. of friends. There weren't many girls in that year. So she had quite a few issues um, and sort of towards the end of year three, it became even more apparent and I thought you know what I I need to to take her out of this 
this situation. Mm. But I mentioned um, in that year leading up to that, that I thought that she was displaying traits mm-hmm. um, of autism. Yeah. And um, they said they didn't really see it. Mm. Um, the the Senko was quite newly to that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been teaching for years, but to that particular role. Yeah. Um, and perhaps because it wasn't textbook, because she wasn't losing her temper, getting angry, right, right. and because she was quite a model pupil, mm. they sort of discounted it. Did I really want to put that label on her? Okay. Just, well, it's not about putting a label on her, it's getting mm. the support that she needs. And, yeah. and more than anything, certainly when she gets to senior school. Mm. Um, so, you know, and there was, very, there was a lot of things that, that were becoming more apparent. So... Uh, she was very literal with things. Um, you know, she she sometimes didn't understand social cues. Right. Um, she'd had a, a, a one, for instance, I mean, I, I wanted the ground to open up and swallow me one morning walking to school. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she'd had, um, I think that this older girl had had a bit of a, she was been a bit unkind to her and a friend mm. a couple of playtimes ago. So she yeah. went up to, the, and I knew the mum, just to say hello to her as you passed mm-hmm. in the morning, etc. Uh, and she went up to her and tapped her on the on the side of the arm and said, excuse me. She went, uh, I just wanted to let you know that your daughter has been very unkind to me, my friend. <laughs> well, her face, her daughter's face just went red. And I, and I went, oh. I am so sorry. I said, I had no idea she was going to come out with that. So there was little bits like this yeah. that I kept thinking, you know, there is... There's no smoke without fire. And as much as, yes, I can say a lot of it's visual impairment related, mm. Mm. I could see a lot of others. And I thought, I need to pursue this. Yeah. Um, and I moved her from that school at the start of year four. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a place. It was the best thing I ever did. I wished I'd moved her there the year prior to that. Okay. And they'd got an amazing Senko who had been in that role for a lot of years. Mm. I took about my findings or mm. what my thoughts were <laughs> yeah. um obviously we went through everything um and she said absolutely i can see exactly what wow. you're seeing 